Good morning, everyone. This is Amy Winslow with the latest episode of the Product Business Show. I'm so glad that we are here today together and that you have tuned in to hear more about the keys to effective negotiations. And I'll get into that in one second. If you are new to the show, and I know we have a lot of people calling in this morning that are new, I'm going to talk a little bit here at the beginning about some content for you, and then I'll open up the phone lines and feel free to ask your questions about anything having to do with a product business. So that can be how to make more sales, how to launch, uh, working with your factory, or how to handle design iterations and versions. We will answer questions on all of it. So if it's related to product business, online, offline, or even licensing, I'm happy to help you with that. Before we dive in, I'm going to just take a look here and see who we've got. Oh, I see we've got people from Philadelphia and Pasadena and, and Northern California. It looks like Florida, maybe Virginia as well. If you're on a webcast and you're listening to it that way, I will take questions from the webcast as well. You just need to type them into the Q&A box that's on the page. With that, let's let's go ahead and get started. Why why talk about effective negotiations, right? It's it's kind of a big area, and I actually have been invited to speak on this and teach a class on it that's a 12-week class at a university because of our success with negotiations in the lots of different varieties of negotiation that we do. Whether you are negotiating with investors or maybe you're negotiating with a buyer or even your spouse or your business partner, there are things to keep in mind that will make it much more likely that you're going to reach an agreement that works for everybody. Okay, so when you are negotiating, there's a context to keep in mind. So the content of the negotiation is the various points that you're negotiating, but the context is the what you're bringing to it, who you're being in the negotiations, and the energy that you're bringing to it, right? So I used to hate negotiating. I used to dread it, and I didn't negotiate very well. Um, this is, you know, years ago. I didn't negotiate very well, and I didn't even know that a lot of things could be negotiated right? So I wouldn't even try. I would just accept that that's how something was and uh, that that's how much it cost or that those are the payment terms or, or something like that. When I started taking on negotiating about, gosh, this must have been 20 years ago, and looking at negotiation as a way to come to an outcome that worked for everybody, my relationship to negotiating changed right? It became much more fun. And I remember uh, this one day that some friends and I decided to take on a game. And it was this. We were going to go out and we were going to negotiate things. For the entire afternoon, we were just going to negotiate because we all wanted to practice it and learn it. And it was so fascinating to see all the different varieties of negotiations that we tried, right? Um, so, when you are negotiating, it's going to work best if you come from a place of understanding that there are different styles to negotiating. 
and that there are different people with different levels of authority, right? So the cashier at the, at the grocery store may or may not be able to give you some kind of discount. Um, they're not going to be able to substantially change prices, right, and just do something global on your, your order. But if you were, say, negotiating and trying to raise things for a charity, like a food bank or something, um, we were able to negotiate some really substantial food donations for the local food bank that afternoon. And then we went on and we negotiated other places and, and did a lot of different varieties, right? So there's different styles, like I just said, and there's also different levels of authority, okay? So you want to make sure if you're negotiating for a final deal that you're negotiating with the right level of authority and responsibility, okay? So that's the first part about context, their style, and what is the level of authority that person has over saying yes, saying no, getting creative with you, etc. right? The keys to negotiating inside of that are, number one, know what both sides want. That means get quiet with yourself, figure out what you want out of the negotiations and what a acceptable deal is to you. And usually we recommend if you're negotiating a licensing deal, for example, you have a here's what it would look like if it was, you know, out of the park successful negotiation and here's what is a good acceptable deal, right? So you have these two kind of bookends of the maximum or what it would look like if it was amazing and then your minimal offer, right, that you would like to accept. So you want to know what both sides want. So first you're getting quiet with yourself, you're reflecting on that, you're doing the work you need to do, but the second part is understanding what the other side wants. That can be a little tricky sometimes if you have never negotiated the kind of deal you're negotiating. You can use experts like us to help with negotiations. You can use research, you're probably going to have both, um, you could wing it yourself. I don't really recommend that. Um, if you are already really good at negotiating, there are some things that you can do that will improve your chances of a successful negotiation. But if you've never negotiated large deals before, you really should get some expertise alongside you. Us, somebody else, it doesn't matter. Um, but you should definitely understand the negotiation that you're in. So if you don't know what the other side wants going into the negotiation, it does put you at a disadvantage in some respects. One thing you can do if you're good at asking insightful questions and listening very carefully, you might be able to cover it, right? So you do still want to do your prep, but if you need to understand what the other side wants, Asking them and then listening very well will help you. And so the questions that you ask are important because they'll frame the answer that you get, right? So if you were, again, negotiating something for licensing, you might say something like, how would this launch look if you could have it all your way? You might say that to the other person, the other company. Or you'd say, 
you know, what is your ideal scenario for how the sales of this product would go? And get them talking about what they want, right? So they might say, well, you know, we would take over the name and we would do this and we would do that, and you can find out more information. But you do have to listen very, very carefully, okay? So asking insightful questions so that you know what they want is important. Now, sometimes it's important to listen for what they're not saying. And that's harder when you're new to negotiating the particular kind of deal. But um, I can talk a little bit more about that if anybody has a question. So the second key thing when you're negotiating a deal is please take the time to learn the language of the type of negotiation you're doing, right? If it's a low, you know, an entry-level kind of negotiation, like you're just negotiating for, you know, the extension of a discount on something or, um, you know, the, the delivery terms of something. That's one thing. You still want to know the language of what you're negotiating, though. Because, for example, if you're negotiating payment terms with your factory and they say the payment terms are, you know, when it's delivered to the port, well, that's a different date than if it, when it's delivered to your warehouse. That could be a two to six to eight week difference in when you're paying for something, right? So that can make a massive difference to your cash flow. So you want to understand the language of what you're negotiating. And if you don't understand the language, learn it or get help. That's the bottom line. Because you will get better deals if you understand the language usually. So when I started um, getting involved with working with investors and understanding the capital of different businesses and deals and learning that, I made the time and effort to go learn the language of capital because there are different terms that get used, different words. It has its own vocabulary and Understanding the language earned me the right and the respect to sit at the table with different investor groups and to speak on panels and to understand the dynamics inside the businesses that were raising capital. So it's very important to understand the language of the area you're negotiating in. Okay. The third major thing here for an effective negotiation is have multiple factors to a deal that you would like, okay? You could look at it like multiple outcomes, but it's really more multiple factors to it or elements that you can combine in different ways. So if you look at our example of licensing for particulars, one element of a licensing negotiation is royalty, right? Another one could be the amount of intellectual property that the license covers, or the length of time of the contract, the duration of it, um, whether it's exclusive or not, what the payment intervals are. You do get paid monthly, do you get paid quarterly, is it once a year? What is that, right? Um, other elements for different negotiations around product would be definitely payment terms, delivery dates, um, how many units they have to take, what the minimum order quantity would look like, um, 
you know, I think I said lead times. Also, you know, where they're picking it up or where it's being delivered. So there's a lot of different pieces in here that you can use as kind of points and areas to change the deal. So, for example, if you want to get a, a better price on your product, you might have to change the payment terms, right? Or if you need a longer delivery date because your production time, you might give them a price incentive for paying early, right? So you can kind of balance this. But all of these factors taken together are what makes a deal a good deal. And by good deal, I mean one that works from all sides. Our context for negotiation here is that the deal needs to work for, for everybody. And sometimes you can have that happen. Most times you can if both sides are committed to a successful outcome. If one side is in a much different stage of business or is in a more powerful position, it's not really a, a fair, or not, I don't want to use the word fair, but it's not a level um, intensity around getting the deal to happen, then that can throw things off kilter. Um, and there's some ways to balance that that are really helpful. I'm happy to talk again about that. Um, but if you have this inequitable, unequal desire for the deal, sometimes it can throw you off and make you over-eager, so you give away too much and you don't hold your ground energetically in the negotiations to have the deal be um, more what you need, right? So we have a client that had that situation with Lowe's Home Improvement Stores, and they ended up in a really bad deal the year before they met us. And uh, some of it was them not understanding some of the language that was being used. Some of the problems were... Uh, giving up a little too much, not understanding how it would work for them to get more stores. Um, some of the other factors were not staying current with the trends, so that put them a little behind the eight ball. So we're a lot of different options in there. So with that, I'm going to open up the phone lines so we can take some questions about different negotiations or, or areas in your business that you might like some support. So if you're on the phone lines, you're going to press star 2 to raise your hand. If you're listening to this on the podcast afterwards, get on our website, productstoprofits.com, and sign up for the Product Business Show reminders list because that will get you the ability to call in live. Um, let's see. And over on the webcast, if you're over there, press – you're going to just enter the, the – question in your Q&A box on the screen. Um, so I'll take a look over there. Great. Okay, one question here. What if the other side isn't really motivated to do the deal? Oh, that's a great question. If the person that you're negotiating with isn't very motivated to get a deal done, sometimes it can be that they don't need the deal, um, that they're they have too much in the pipeline and they don't want to take on more. Other times it can be that, um, you know, they're not really excited about the product or they're looking at everything that they would need to invest in. So if the other side isn't really motivated to do the deal, sometimes it works really well to just call it out and say something along the lines of, 
you don't seem really excited about this. Can I ask why? Right? It's You have to hold your own when you do that, though. Not from a, oh, you don't seem really excited. Can I ask you what? Well, like, what is it? Right? Not from that energy, but from a, hey, you know, you don't seem really excited about this. Can I ask you why? And you treat it like it's just a, hey, I just want to know, right? Like, let's have the real conversation. The other thing that can happen with a negotiation is you might be talking to somebody who's not the decision maker, right? They're sort of collecting all the information and starting it, and then they're going to have to sign off by somebody else, right? And usually if that's the case, if they're really confident and they've been doing this for a while, they may tell you that. They may actually say, you know what, I put the term sheets together and then our VP signs off on this. So let's you and I handle the different deal points of where we think we are and get close, right? If they're not excited about the deal, that doesn't mean that they won't do really well with your product. They may also just have a different style of negotiating or communicating. Sometimes companies that are really excited about the product will just kind of hold back a little bit on their excitement level and how it comes across because they don't want to have to give away more than to, right? So if they act really excited, they'll know that sometimes people will push that to get a better deal, right? So be aware that you could have some of that going on as well. So let me go back over to our webcast, see what else we have there. Okay, great. I hope that helped you. If you're on the phone lines, press star 2 to raise your hand. And I want to talk a little bit about negotiating with investors because we're getting a question on the webcast about that. Negotiating with investors is different based on the kind of investor you're negotiating with and the stage of your business. Okay? So if you are negotiating with investors that are part of an investment group that you have presented to, they will talk amongst themselves and they will do a valuation of your business and their own due diligence. They could use the GUST system and there's a couple other ways. But when you're negotiating with investor groups, it's kind of a block of investors that you're negotiating with, right? They will talk. There'll be somebody in the investment group that is kind of sponsoring your deal, if you think of it that way. They're kind of your champion who is introducing you to the group usually and who's kind of shepherding you and the deal through the process, okay? So one of my dear friends is the past treasurer of a angel investment group that is ranked seventh in the country as activity and size of deals and size of the group, etc. And so they negotiate as a group for what the deal looks like, and then the members can decide to come into the, the deal or not. If you're negotiating with a single investor that is, you know, family and friends or something, the negotiation is much less formal. And you should still put it all in writing so that you have that, okay? Um, and you should be talking about all the, the various points, like um, what is the exit strategy that you're going for, um, how much money are you raising? What should it be used for? Um, what's the 
contingency for bringing in more investment money if you want to do that down the road. So there's different points to the investment negotiations, okay? Well, post a question and I'll, I'll say a little bit more. So on the phone lines, press star 2 to raise your hand. And on our webcast, great. Oh, okay, we've got one more question from the same person on the webcast. What happens if I'm negotiating with a company that wants to buy the product, not license it? Okay, if you're negotiating with a company that wants to buy the product, I'm assuming you mean like a, a large big box store or a distributor. Um, they will likely negotiate things like payment terms. They may want some co-op allowances um, and some different discounts and things that they can take. Um, definitely lead times will be something you need to talk about. Minimum order quantities for sure. And they may want to have you be in the stores sometimes, like you might do a little demo or road show. And you're going to negotiate placement date and placement in the location. So this is assuming it's a retail store, right? You're going to negotiate for the space that you want to be in. And that's a pretty important one because it can drive a lot of your sales. Okay? So um, hopefully that helps you. Great. I'm glad that the things about the investor helped you too. So I just want to open up the phone lines here for a minute. Uh, I see we have a bunch of people with us today, but you all must be master negotiators. So I'm going to open up the phone line. Who's here and wants to, to ask something? Because y'all are being like church mouse over there, church mice. Who's, who's got a question? Anything about your deals that has been sticky? Everybody's doing there their taxes go. while they're listening to you. <laughs> yeah, everybody's negotiating with the IRS right now. <laughs> but you know what? Even that can be negotiated. Deadlines with the IRS, amounts owed, all of that can be negotiated. <laughs> but I'm glad you can all hear me. So um, if, the, if nobody's got questions today, I, I'm happy to wrap up and we'll be back in two weeks. Um, I do want to make a couple quick announcements. We will be doing a really interesting couple of sessions with interviews of some people that are launching their products and um, that are in our mastermind group and really having some great things happen. So that will be coming up in the next probably two to four weeks. And we're putting that together. And we may be doing a little bit of a summit about products and lessons learned and, and different points. So um, keep your eyes peeled for that. We will send out email notices. And I'm really excited about it. We have about eight people, I think, right now that will be interviewing and giving you the benefit of their experiences. And you'll get to hear a little bit about their path, too. So with that, everybody, I'm going to wrap for today and let you all get back to your taxes. Um, and we will talk with you again in two weeks. So have a really great rest of your day. Um, have a really, really blessed week. And I'll talk to you all soon. Bye for now.